0: My text for this evening is one single verse from this portion of text that we've considered. We, although it is related, as it always is with the context, it is that command that the Lord gives those that were around him on that day and gives us 2,000 years later. Verse 32, the Lord says, Remember Lot's wife. Remember her. Consider Take heed of your condition and remember Lot's wife. It is a sad story, the, so- the story of Lot's wife, as we just read from Genesis 19. It is the story of a person who was almost saved and yet was completely lost. You see, being almost saved doesn't really cut it. Nothing, actually, in this life uh, almost n- never cuts it does it uh, if you like sports and you consider uh, a team uh, is in the final of a of a major tournament and the the score is nil nil and and the 90th minute uh, approaches and the the striker has the ball in his feet and he shoots and he almost scores he didn't score it did it Did he? Almost doesn't cut it. Almost does not cut it. In any way. You will still not win that game if the goal does not go in. And in the sense, in the spiritual sense, being almost saved is as good as being completely lost. It is being completely lost. We live live in this society where it's kind of seen nowadays as being intellectually uh, more sophisticated to, to be able to see the different shades of grey and, and be able to take in the nuances and, not, and, and and be able to argue both cases and be charitable. That's, that's a mark of sophist- sophistication in our society, in our over-relativistic society. But is it really? Is it really... More intellectually sophisticated, holding those things, those views, and not really standing on one side or the other. I believe it is a ed- an idiom of uh, the English language, uh, when someone wants to, to really bring clarity in a situ- into a situation, you say, well, let's call a spade a spade, right? That's a thing. And today, I want to call a spade a spade. If you're almost saved, you're not saved at all. If you, like Lot's wife, are in this situation where you've enjoyed all kinds of privileges, spiritual privileges, and yet you never actually had it in your heart, if you have still the world in your heart, like, or if you have still the world in your heart like Lot's wife had, you're not saved. You are completely saved. Lost. it is a very solemn warning I would argue that there are few warnings in scripture as solemn as this warning that the Lord Jesus gives he is saying that we should remember Lot's wife that almost being saved is not being saved at all is being completely lost there are very few warnings in scripture there are more serious and more solemn than this Lot's wife, although we don't know her name, she was a professor of religion. She professed to be a believer or to, to be one with, with the people of God. We are told in, in, in Pe- by Peter that Lot, with all his faults, spiritual faults, he was a righteous man. She left Sodom, as we read, on that day with, with, with Lot, On that day that Sodom was destroyed, she left it. She was almost there. And yet, she was just as lost as uh, all the inhabitants of that city. She looked back toward the city. Against God's express command, against God's will, she looked back. And she was struck dead, turned into a pillar of salt, And that is why the Lord Jesus tells us to look, to remember, to consider Lot's wife. Because it is, sadly, a story that repeats itself every single generation, every single day. There are thousands attending church services up and down this land today. That just like Lot's wife, they're almost saved. They enjoy a lot of spiritual benefits. They they sit under the ministry of the word. They they come, uh, as Ezekiel says, as my people come. They they seem to be uh, Christians. They even rejoice as the the people, the exiles in Ezekiel's day at the preaching of the word. And yet, they are not God's people. So it is a solemn warning for us. Think about it. Jesus doesn't say, remember Abraham, as he's talking about uh, the, this need to consider the second coming, to consider our spiritual se- state. He doesn't say, oh, actually, remember Abraham, as we you consider my second coming. Or remember Isaac or Jacob, remember Noah, or remember uh, uh, Elijah, or remember Sarah, Anna, Ruth, Esther, He does not say any of those things. He singles one, out one person, Lot's wife. Why? Because it is of deep importance that we do not fail where Lot's wife failed, and we will not be found unready and unprepared like Lot's wife was. Remember that it is Jesus speaking. It is. Our Lord Jesus, full of compassion and mercy, the one who cried over the city of Jerusalem, the one who was always praying for those that were lost, even on the cross. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. He does not say these words in anger or wrath. He's pleading with us, believers and unbelievers, to remember Lot's wife. To consider Lot's wife. Because Lot's wife is meant to teach us a lesson. And that's what I propose for us. To learn from her. To know that we have instruction. That we have warning in, his, in this story. There is a danger for us to be in the same spiritual state as Lot's wife was. Almost saved, yet completely lost. In the story of Lot's wife, there is a word for those of us who are saved, and there is certainly a word for those of us who are almost saved. There are lessons we can learn. So we will consider, first, her state, her spiritual privileges. Secondly, the danger she was in, And thirdly, her end. So let us consider her spiritual privileges. What was it about Lot's wife that is such a, a solemn warning for us? She was the wife of a righteous man. And that's not me looking back and considering that. That is the word of God that tells us that he was a righteous man she had the privilege of marrying into the only uh, into the, f- the only family that worshiped the one true god in that time they served and worshiped the one true living god that was the only family in the whole world that did this she had a clear sight of abraham's faith of how God undertook for Abraham in so many different ways. In fact, when God undertook for Abraham to release and to to free his husband, she had seen God operate to deliver his husband through the instrument of Abraham from certain death. She was privileged to be associated with the, the greatest godly man that had ever walked the planet up until then. James says that Abraham was called the friend of God. The friend of God. That's who she was privileged of being. Her husband's uncle was the friend of God. Her husband was called indeed a righteous man. Well, however uh, faulty he was in many other spiritual uh, places he had his own spiritual failures, the Bible calls Lot a righteous man, a person who had faith, a believer, a saved person. Oh, how Lot's wife could have benefited had she paid attention from following the example of faith of his husband. But she failed to do so. She failed to understand the privileges she had from our family. You see, the other, st- the other warning here is that relationships do not save you. You can be the, the niece of the friend of God. You can be the wife of a righteous man. And yet, you're just almost saved. You're completely lost She was familiar. Consider that she knew God or knew of God, not knew God personally, but she knew God. She knew how to approach him. I'm sure that Lot's wife saw the altars built by Abraham and and Lot saw them in worship and perhaps even joined in in the worship of God as a, a wife of a righteous man. She had learned this. She saw it. And yet she was completely lost. How many of us sit in church services today? How many of us are in this same kind of state where we know where to go? We know uh, how to approach God, but yet we fail to approach Him truly. You see, it needs to go from the head to the heart. So that we can truly be saved. Consider that Lot's wife, she knew about her destruction, or she knew about the destruction that was coming. God even graced her with warnings time and time again. Angels came to warn her and her family: Destruction is coming. God is going to rain down fire and brimstone upon Sodom and Gomorrah. She was warned. She was told to flee from the wrath to come. But her heart was... Although her legs were moving away from Sodom and Gomorrah, her heart was still there. She could not help it. She looked back. She knew it. She knew. She heard the commandment, don't look back. But yet she looked back. There are many people today up and down this line, in churches and outside of churches, because they think there is no benefit of being a church member. Many people today who know about the judgment to come, who believe it, sincerely believe that judgment is coming. That judgment will come upon the wicked and the sinners, but yet they believe that they are not so. And yet they believe that they are good enough to go to heaven. That even when judgment comes upon the wicked, it's not someone like me. I'm not wicked. I'm good enough. I am not as bad as uh, those other people out there. God will have mercy on me. They believe that judgment is coming, but they will not flee. They will not heed, and they will not obey God's word and flee to Jesus It is a foolishness of foolishnesses to enter hell with our eyes wide open. And yet there are many who are going to do so. Enter into eternity, into hell, into everlasting suffering, fully knowing that that was coming. They knew how to approach God. They know how to Approach God. They know of the impending wrath and doom that is coming, but yet they do not do anything about it. Oh, Lot's wife was very privileged. She was privileged in the responsibility. How many warnings? How many chances did she get? How many times was she told? Yet she ignored all those chances. She ignored all of it. How many times and how many people throughout this, up and down this land, even today, are sitting under the faithful preaching of God's word. In fact, maybe even here. And they hear about the the need for repentance. They They hear about their need to trust the Savior, to flee to Christ. And yet they think they don't need it. They're good enough. They really don't want to apply the word to themselves. Oh, Satan loves to do this. Oh, Satan loves to keep people from coming to church. But if people will come to church, you know what he does? He directs their attention elsewhere. He comes in and he directs your attention to someone else. Even as I'm preaching these words to you, you're thinking, oh, I hope so and so is listening. That's a devilish scheme to keep you from considering your own state. If you're thinking about someone else, if you're thinking about, though, know, my, my, that brother, he, I hope he's listening. He really needs this message. That's Satan. It's for you to consider these things. Their old Hugh Latimer, that old reformer, his most famous sermon was called the Sermon of the Plow. And he preached this sermon in St. Paul's Cathedral and I'm going to quote it from memory because I, uh, I'm going to paraphrase it because I'm quoting it from memory. And he's talking to all these priests, bishops, and, our, and all these prelates and preachers, and he's, he says to them, who is the most uh, zealous and most faithful uh, minister up and down this land? I know who he is, and I see you're wanting to know I'll tell you who he is. It is the devil. He's always at work. He's always uh, right on call. He's always, he says, at the plow. He's always working. So even now, he's at work. Steering your attention. Trying to convince you that you should be thinking how this sermon applies to so and so not to you not not to your own spiritual state, but how it applies to to John over there, how it applies to to uh, Martha over there, not to me i don 't need this sermon but good good on you pastor there's this story told of a uh, uh, a church member, the preacher was, was a visiting preacher often in that church, and every time uh, he went to that church, the, this the member would come to him after the sermon and say, said, "Oh, that was brilliant! that was great sermon. I hope so and so was listening and it so happened that a few months uh, went by, and the preacher was back there, but there was a, a big snowfall, and, the, and, the, and the, the only person in the congregation was that brother. And again, the preacher preached a brilliant sermon. And again, at the end, that brother came and said, oh, that was a brilliant sermon. Too bad no one was here to listen to it. That is so many times our own actions. It's for you. It's for me. It's for us. Personally. How many privileges we have. I'm not trying to dismiss the privilege. We have privileges as Christians. We get to sit under the preaching of God's word. We have the means of grace of prayer. We have the means of grace of the Lord's table of uh, of baptism. We have all those privileges, but those privileges in themselves, they do not save. You're almost saved, but you're not really saved. What good do those privileges do if there is no change of the heart, if we're not a new creation, as Paul says? That's the problem with with Lot's wife that's her problem she had access to all of these things but actually in her heart she was just as worldly as anyone else in Sodom and Gomorrah her eyes of understanding were never opened she never had her conscience aroused and her spirit quickened by the spirit by the sp- her soul quickened by the spirit she was never actually obedient to God she still loved the world You cannot love the world and love God. You need to choose. You cannot have it both ways. You can have certainly a form of religion like Lot's wife did. Be very faithful in attending church services week after week in serving the Lord in in all kinds of ministries of a church and yet be completely lost. You can have a form of godliness and deny completely the power thereof. You can and that's why the Lord Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. Remember Lot's wife. You can have all of that. Think of Judas. Was there ever someone more privileged spiritually than him? He had the privilege of sitting for three years under the ministry of the Lord Jesus. And yet he was completely lost. Almost saved. Yet completely lost. Think of Demas. Paul says, a disciple, a a companion of Paul, completely lost. Oh, let us value those things. Let us value the coming to church, the the fellowship of the saints, the the preaching of God's word, the the, the prayer, the, the means of grace of prayer. Let us value all those things, but let us not put that in the place of Jesus Christ. Christ alone saves your religious attendance, your, your, your partaking of the elements does not save you at all. Could my tears forever flow? I'm quoting it wrongly. Could my zeal, no respite, no. Could my tears forever flow? Someone help me now. With, I blanked out. That, all, for all for sin could not atone. Thou must save. And thou alone thank you. So let us take heed as we consider Lot's wife's spiritual privileges. Let us consider our own and the value we placed in them. Because, she, number two, Lot's wife had spiritual problems. For thousands and thousands of years, even before the Lord Jesus came into this world, there has been this great debate among scholars and, and, and theologians and other ab- a. Ab- ab- around common people reading the word of God, why is it that she looked back? That is a great question. Why did Lot's wife look back? Thousands of years, people have debated this. There are revealed in the word of God the reasons why she looked back. Or perhaps we can glean some of the reasons although we cannot really be certain. But consider, perhaps Lot's wife had a problem with her faith. Perhaps she doubted. God will not really destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, will he? I know he said he would, but he's probably just bluffing. It's probably just this very uh, heavy-handed way of getting people to repent. He's not going to do it really, is he? Lots of people today think in the same way, don't they? Yeah, I've, I've heard the preachers say that. I've heard them read from the Word of God that, that there is a hell. I, but I, I think God is too loving to do that. Their idea of God, perhaps. They don't have an, uh, uh, an understanding of the holy, righteous character of God. Just character of God. Perhaps the problem with, with, uh, with Lot's wife was a problem with her obedience. It was a, a disposition. She wanted to be disobedient. She had been commanded not to look back and she disobeyed. There was perhaps some kind of love still for the things of the world. The problem with Lot's wife was that she had her eyes on all the wrong things. That's a problem with her face, let's say. She, she, her eyes were not really focused on the thing that they needed to be. She was looking back on a lost life, a lost lifestyle, a lost city, a lost uh, condition that she would never have again. How many today are almost saved they're utterly and completely lost. Because although they have some form of godliness, or they, they actually are still lusting over the things of this world. They still desire the things of this world. They never quite... Uh, their, their, their movement was away from the world. They come to the church and they have a, an outward appearance of, of holiness... Oh, but their hearts are not in it at all. Their hearts are still back there. And whenever they get a chance, they are running back. Perhaps the problem with Lot's wife was one of deception. She deceived herself. She had deceived everyone in her family. She, she perhaps even deceived herself. Maybe she really thought she was saved you know who cannot be deceived? God cannot be deceived. He, know, he knows the inward. As if it is an open book. He knows you well. You can fool. You can say. You can act the, the part. And you can play the part. And, and really uh, say the right words. Dress the right way. Have the, have the right uh, kind of actions. Deceive yourself. And yet be completely lost. I said I was going to call a spade a spade. Sorry if, if it is heavy. But it is the reality. We can deceive ourselves. And many. Are going straight to hell. Having deceived themselves. Many on that day will say. Lord, Lord. They are calling him Lord. They thought. That's the problem. They thought. They did not make sure. They did not. Cleanse themselves in the blood of Christ they were not born again and the proof that Lot's wife was not born again the proof that Lot's wife was completely lost is that she looked back upon Sodom she looked back her heart wasn't in it her body was out of Sodom but her heart was certainly still in Sodom it was still there and this is a picture of every religious, outwardly religious person in this, in this world. This is a picture of every self deceived religious person. Her body, their bodies, our bodies might be here, but our hearts are somewhere else. There is a huge chasm, a huge difference. I think I said this uh, a couple of weeks ago between what we perceive ourselves to be and what God knows we are. There is a huge chasm. We think we are rich, right? That was when I was preaching in Revelation 3. We think we are rich when indeed we are poor, wretched, naked, blind sinners. A person is only truly saved when they put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And Christ alone, not Christ with someone else, not Christ with something else, not Christ plus my obedience, not Christ plus my uh, attendance to the, to, the, to the ordinances, not Christ plus my attendance to church or my services, or not Christ and my, my this, that on the other, Christ plus anything doesn't work. It's Christ and Christ alone. It is possible. I don't want to... I want to treat this gently as well. It is possible. And I don't want you to doubt your salvation. It is possible for those of us who are believers and have been converted to at times, look back with anxiety to the old life that we lived in Sodom. It is possible. And you even see this trend in our own selves. But ultimately... Where are your eyes fixed? Don't play with sin. Don't play with sin. John Owen said, Be killing sin, otherwise, sin will be killing you. Don't play with sin. Someone said to me recently, "Uh, I'm a good person. We're not perfect, but we're good. The point being, it's like, I know I have sin, but it's not too bad. It's just small kinds of sin. Our Lord Jesus has said, cut off your arm before it's too late. Pluck off your eye before it's too late. Sin will kill you. Don't trifle with it. Don't let it settle. Because number three, there is a a fearful end. Just like with Lot's wife, her passing was sudden. And your passing will be sudden. You may walk in sin for many years. But I assure you, judgment is coming. Judgment will come. Everyone, every single one of us will stand before the presence of the holy righteous judge of all the world and we'll have to give an account. And the question is, what is your account going to be? Are you going to stand before him? Deceived? Trusting in your religious attendance? Trusting in how many times you read your Bible a, a day? How many times you prayed throughout the day? Are you going to stand there and say, Lord, Lord, haven't, we, haven't I done this? Haven't I prophesied? Haven't I, uh, in your name, done all these things? and that is a fearful end that is a fearful end because you were almost saved but at the end your final destination is one that proves that you were completely lost it's going to be swift it's going to be sure and it's going to be righteous judgment is coming so the pleading and, and remember lot's wife take heed Flee from the wrath to come. Do not look back. Put away sin. You will become just as dead, as that pillar of salt outside of the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Her judgment came despite her unbelief. We will not be turned into a pillar of salt, but there is an eternity in hell to flee from. If you die without Jesus, you will you will spend eternity in hell. There will be no some summary pardons after the that day. There will be no indulgences. There will be no way your family members, your relatives will be able to come and, 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 and say a mass in your name. That's why the Lord Jesus says it here as he's considering the second coming. And he says, remember Lord's wife. You get one chance in this life. It's today, not tomorrow. Remember Lord's wife. You cannot have it both ways. You cannot have both worlds. You cannot serve two masters. You cannot just be a Christian on the Sunday and and be a heathen on the Monday through Saturday. You cannot have it both ways. Remember, Lord's wife. You cannot love the Lord and love this world. You cannot love the Lord and love possessions of this world. It will cost you your life if you play with this such a serious thing. There are thousands today that do this. To whom the message of God's word comes. Run for your lives. God is coming. Do not stop anywhere. Do not look back upon the city. Do not do this. You will die. Hide yourself. And they play. They trifle with it. I think I gave this illustration? Right? They they throw their their most precious possession over the the edge of a, a boat in the in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, and they and they're playing with their lives as if it's something with no value at all, and they're throwing it up and down. And the time comes, the day comes when you die. That the, the that precious possession, the only thing you have, the, your soul slips through your fingers and lands in the water forever lost and you're crying, Oh no! What have I done? It's too late now. Stop throwing that possession up and down. Remember Lot's wife. She is a wonderful... Wonderful is not the right word, is it? She is a, a fearful example of someone who was almost saved and completely lost. We need to remember not so that we can relive an old and painful story, some kind of sadistic kind of uh, love for, for these things, but so that we can be reminded, believers and unbelievers alike, that this life is fleeting, that sin is a serious thing not to be played with. We need to remember Lot's wife To remember that this life does not last long. That our passing through this world is quick and swift. For some of us it will be swifter than for others. Some will be afforded to live up until 80s uh, or in those uh, right old ages. But even then it's so swift. But others will be taken away at a moment's notice. So let us consider Lot's wife. Let us consider that you cannot trifle with sins. Are you trifling with it? Are you playing with it? It's just this one sin. It's the, it's the only one. I don't have any other. I'm perfect otherwise. Or it's just these small venial sins, they're not they're really little sins. It's it's not as if I'm killing people and and, and committing adultery and and all of that. That's oh, fine. Lord Jesus says to you, cut it off. He will kill you. You're gonna end up in hell. And it's better to end up in heaven with one eye only than to go to hell with both eyes on. And if you're Trusting your spiritual privileges, your religious privileges, your 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 attendance to church, your, your your hearing the gospel regularly preached, even enjoying it, attending to the ordinances and the means of grace. Do not think yourself to be rich. Do not presume yourself to be rich. Do not presume yourself to have need of nothing. Make sure. Make sure you have Christ. The only thing that is needful. Take heed. Remember Lot's wife. There are some as well that trust that there will come a time, an opportunity to have some kind of deathbed repentance. Uh, A thief on the cross kind of thing okay when death comes I will have time I will have time to settle my my things and when that time comes I will I will make it right don't play around with it don't play around with, with something so precious as your soul the Lord Jesus said what does it profit a man If he gains the whole world but loses his soul and while you're all there while you're there in this world trying to win over this world and actually losing your soul what does it profit you? Don't flatter yourself thinking that you will have time. Don't flatter yourself thinking that you will have a chance just before people die Very often, very suddenly, take heed, consider, remember Lot's wife. Lord Jesus says, Whoever makes his return there and finish it by reading this Luke 17. Or Jesus says, remember Lot's wife, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life will preserve it. Lot's wife was in love with the world. She loved Sodom. She couldn't quite get past the idea that she was parting with all of those possessions, with that previous lifestyle. looked back she was presumptuous she assumed much she did not heed God's command in fact she defied God's gracious command God wasn't being mean to her God wasn't being unjust to her God gave her an opportunity that no one else in Sodom and Gomorrah had but she had to didn't she she still loved it she had to glance at it she loved the world and the love of the world was her death those who cling to sin will perish will die doesn't matter who you are doesn't matter how many days you've been to church if you love sin if you cling to sin if you don't cut it off you will die. If you don't repent of it, and if you don't come to Christ for forgiveness in faith, you will die. God is calling you now to repent and to believe because it might be that you are almost saved, so close, and yet completely lost. May the Lord bless us. Amen.